Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along Show. Hello and welcome to episode 129. Tonight's show is brought to you by, well, you did anyway. <laughs> I was trying to remember what happened to make you say that. It made me laugh. That is that is what happened. So uh, we're going to dive right in with new shit we probably hate, right? Yeah, I have one new shit that I both hate and don't hate, and it's not bike news, it's JRA news. Uh, we've had since... Can, can it... What? Never mind. Since, uh, I think, November, we've had our stickers on sale as a fundraiser for Partnership for Community Action. Since our shows have been running a little long lately, I'm not going to go in great deal of depth of what that is, but it is a small group right here in the Arkansas River Valley that helps build communities and find allies for the queer and trans community. Uh, we're selling these sticker stickers as a fundraiser for them. Not too long ago, it was like a month ago maybe, some dude randomly DM'd the JRA Instagram account and basically harassed me about not doing a fundraiser for the police and military. And I told Cause him... Because the, the queers got all those tanks and shit for <laughs> their SWAT response. And you know, at, at that time, I did not really engage with him. I said, you know what? That's a great cause also. They're not mutually exclusive of each other. So... Yeah, we'll do a fundraiser. Um, I think like veterans fundraiser. That's a great idea because I don't think the government treats our veterans or, as well as they could. Can we? Can we? We're, we're can going, we get to the positive stuff. I'm just saying, like, I'm not against that at all. J- and JRA guns guy. and queers. <laughs> and I I explained that to the guy, and he didn't say anything else. Thought it was over. No, no, no. Yesterday he comes back and actually posts something on the actual Instagram post. I I don't even remember what it was, but I, in very short order, told him to go fuck himself. And I also told him that if if I knew the way to ban him from listening to any other Just Riding Along outdoor media content, I would. So I guess I Um, don't understand, A, why do we care? And B, what is this person upset about? He's upset that we're selling stickers to support gay people. Okay, but he's also upset that we he thought we were selling stickers to support the military? No, no, no. no. He Here's wants... the thing. Because we're selling stickers to support gay people, this we person didn't want to come out and say, I hate queers. So instead, they're bashing us for not supporting the military or the right. armed forces or whatever. Right. And they're directing their hatred against people who like to not do an any into an Audi. See, I see. I, that, I uh, think that maybe uh, the general population might assume things like we're pretty fucked up in the things that we like and support. Um, <laughs> this is not your run of the mill. We don't like guns and we like gay people. Um, well, so it's not the, that at all. The, so what I'm saying is if you're looking to stereotype, uh, you've come to the wrong fucking place because we're exactly. some weird people. And and the problem is people get their political ideologies so ingrained into their identity as a human that they have this black and white, like, oh, if I'm this, then I have to think this way. 
and yeah, we're not like that. Isn't so, isn't that weird? By the way, like it's a whole separate thing, and and uh, we'll talk about politics for a second because we're already talking about them. But it's just so bananas to me that nobody can think critically about anything. Everything has to be black, white, left, right. Like, come on. Oh, you come just on, made it folks. about color. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Why you got to make it about race, Oh, Kenny? my God. Yeah, it's just... So, so hold on. I, I want to, like, finish. Uh, let me get to the good part. The there good is part. no good part. No, the good part is I basically called that dude out on Instagram, blocked him, so you can't go back and see what he said because it, Instagram wipes that out after you block someone. But I put it in my stories or in the JRA stories. Since then, we have raised $180 for PFCA, including one donation that was just $50 that said, don't worry about sending me stickers. Fuck that guy. So (laughs) thank you everyone who has purchased stickers. And you can still buy them on the JRA website. We still have, I think, around 20 or so left maybe. Who knows? I don't know. That stack's we'll get, getting small. But we'll get more if we need them. Yeah, if we if we need more, we will get more. Uh, you know what? I'm saying it now. This is going to be a running product through 2024. We're just going to have them. <laughs> so don't delay. Buy them right now. But if they run out, we're going to get more of them. So. We're, I, I think we should always have a fundraiser going for some kind of good cause. And that cause is never going to be like, we're raising money for the club of people that like to skin animals alive. Wait, wait. We, we talked about this off air. You said it was on the table. <laughs> in in all seriousness, I want to finish this with something that's pretty lighthearted and it's going to make a lot of people mad. My pants are tighter. I can probably shoot better from the hip than you can. <laughs> and uh, I wear spandex on my enduro bike, and I know what grizzly long cut tastes like. So, I yeah. don't know. Just try to wrap your head around all that. You can't. So... With that said, let's dive into new shit we probably hate, and I, I, I'm going to be very quick here because, well, it's Ibis, and they don't like us, and <laughs> they updated the Ripley AF and the Ripley, or the Ripmo. Um, That's their aluminum frames for the Ripley and the Ripmo. Yep. Uh, long story short, they're UDH compatible. They're not bananas pricing anymore, and uh, the colors are fine, but the... My favorite part about it is there's a pink bike article, and it says, The Ripley AF is being ridden by Sophie, who is also part of our shipping team. She is accompanied by her dog, Scout, who does not help in shipping. <laughs> and that's <laughs> that's just very the, important. That's just the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like they clarified, like, yeah, this is Scout, but Scout doesn't work in shipping. And, like, That's a, a lot- shame that, sh- that Scout doesn't get to go to work. It didn't say that. Like there's comments in the pink in this in the pink bike comment section, which is pure gold. They're like, "Well, was Sophie give or was Scout given a chance?" <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so we've covered the new Ripley. That purple color is hot. I'm a sucker for a purple bike. Yeah, it's cool, but the, the they know. still have the NXGX build, and I couldn't. Matt told me what I I couldn't remember which one part of that build was GX, so that they could put that in there and not just call it a straight up NX build. It's the rear derailleur, I'm sure. I'm sure it's got an NX shifter, and I'm sure it's got, I don't know, it's, there's there's not a, a link to IBIS cycles on here. We're going to find out right now. Oh, head to our website. I'm very mad this week that there is not a, I oh, know what i Oh, on the website, I'm, they call it a straight-up GX build. 
but it's got an NX crank set, an NX shifter. GX cassette. It does have a GX cassette. It has an NX chain, and that's... GX root It should be a, le- I mean, a legal requirement. If you're going to say XT or GX or something like that, it has to be 100% that build or even above. Like, hey, it's all GX with an XO rear derailleur. That's a GX build. Right. It should be 100% illegal to do anything less than that. Otherwise, you just call it build number one or build number two. And you can yeah. do whatever you want at that point. Because even on, on Bike Rumor, they even call it an NX slash GX build. And if you go to the IBIS website and select your build... This just has a straight up GX logo on it. It's like buying some 35 inch tires for your truck, except one of them's a 33. <laughs> it's not going to fucking work. <laughs> you could run your truck mullet. <laughs> <laughs> mullet would be fine. You just can't run one tire different than the other ones. I mean, it'd have to be two wheel drive. <laughs> I got Matt with that one. He facepalmed so hard. <laughs> All right. I'm going to move into something that I absolutely hate. I didn't even... I, I looked at this for a second and then closed it because I hated it. I didn't care. I, I'm not going to say I hated it. Like, I have to care about something to hate it. Well, here's the problem. Cane Creek released their E-Wings Aurora in 165 and 170 for mountain bike, 170 and 172.5 for all-road. They come with... It's like just special paint. And they're painted cranks. And then they even have a disclaimer like, it's still paint, so it's going to wear and chip over time. MSRP is $1,200. And I'm like, great. So they're $1,200. How cranks. much is a regular E-Wings crank? I don't know, like $1,000. <laughs> they were on sale for like $600 last month, though, so who cares? That's how much they're really worth. So is everything else. Everything was on sale last month. But yeah, I mean, they look cool, but like also just know that they're not going to look cool not that long from now. I don't know, painted titanium. They will if you just like toss that shit on the back of your truck and I don't know, like ride on the bike path and then toss it in your truck and go to the brewery. Like it'd look cool for a while. You should never paint titanium. Yeah. About the only thing that gets a pass for me is when someone wants to do part of the head tube, the top tube, and like the top of the seat tube on like a road bike. They want to do like a color swatch, but then all of the lower part of the bike where it would get like road crime and drivetrain gunk and all that stuff is still not painted. I think that's pretty hot because, like, I could understand if you're just balling and you've had, like, seven moots in a row and you're like, fuck, my bikes have looked the same for forever. I just want to paint the top of it. Like, I'm cool with that. But, yeah. I got another one. uh, Oh, yeah. Let's let's talk about this thing. Wahoo is coming out with a $5,000 trainer. So That's a treadmill. Treadmill. Sorry. (laughs) The kicker run. How much does their bike cost? Isn't it also very expensive? They have two bikes now. I'll find out. So they have a bike that's, uh, I should know this, in the $3,000 ballpark, and then they have one that's more like $2,000. It's called the Shift. That one is new. $29.99 for a Shift and $39.99 for the kicker bike. Ooh, a little, a little more than I thought. What's the difference between the shift and the... I think you lose... It's made of more steel instead of aluminum, and I think you lose the climb functionality. Oh, that's not a big deal. But the climb functionality clunks on the really expensive bike. So when you're in your normal like riding position, 
if you just shift your body weight just a tiny bit fore and aft, there's backlash on the gears and the thing just like clunks up and down. It's that's cool. Really obnoxious. Maybe they fixed that. I don't know. But I got on one, and in three seconds, I was bummed and got off of it. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, coming soon, the race model will use Wi-Fi compatibility to broadcast power up to ten times faster for competitive advantage oh at critical race stages. <laughs> that's that's for the bike. That's that's not for the, the treadmill. For the kicker bike. Oh, I thought that was for the uh, treadmill. I was like, for what? <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, look, I can like if you are if running is your thing the same way that bikes are our thing, and you're going to run on a treadmill in the winter time. It, it's not a, I mean, yeah, it's five thousand dollars, but fuck, it's it's fucking nice. You know, it's got like the treadmill version of a power meter. It adjusts the speed and incline based on like where you are on the treadmill. Like if it senses you're starting to fall behind, it makes it a little easier. I don't know. You know what it's else? fancy as fuck. You know what else you could do for $5,000 is pick the longest room in your house and you and you <laughs> hire two people, one's at either end, and you run full speed at that first person. They grab you, turn you around, and then you're running at the next person, and then they grab you and turn you around. <laughs> and you could get that for well under $5,000. I was going to say that you could get a pretty decent, I think this is a reputable brand. Hold on one second. And, and I'm doing a, a quick gut check here. Okay, I didn't realize this, but like a commercial, you can get a NordaTrack commercial treadmill for 3500 bucks. So, so the way on, I see this you, is... You're interrupting me. Sorry, I thought you were done. So you could buy one of these. And then you could buy $1,500 worth of psychedelics. <laughs> <laughs> and I promise you, you would get way more enjoyment out of it. <laughs> you may not. I don't know. No, the way I see it is the way they priced this is for the bike. They looked at how much do people pay for a bike? They pay, I don't know, not $3,000. People might have multiple bikes. Their bikes are going to cost a lot of money. They're not going to spend $5,000, which might be the cost of one of their bikes, maybe part of it, on another indoor-only bike. Someone who runs, I'm not saying that running is the cheapest sport out there. It is cheaper, it's than, cheaper, than, it's riding cheaper bikes. than riding bikes. We've been through this. Yeah, we've been through this. Running is cheaper than riding bikes. So a very dedicated hardcore runner, when they're shopping for a treadmill, and they're looking at nice treadmills that are already $3,000. Well, pay that extra couple thousand dollars and you get this really nice treadmill that's fucking smart and makes workouts for you. So, yeah, I mean, it probably costs them the same as it costs to manufacture a bike. I don't really know. But I'm assuming they're not that far off. Like manufacturing costs are not that far off from each other. They're just going to make a lot more money on this treadmill because they can. So how is it smart? Does it have like little undulations that happen in the platform? So you like roll your ankles like in real life? Um, it can tilt. It can climb. It senses where you are on the treadmill. It can sync with your like your your third party programs like Zip, like Zwift has running in it now. It can sync with that. It's got a computer stand, so when you're running and doing Zwift, you can look at your computer. Wait, it does. That's not a built-in screen. No, that's it's just a, a. 
It's a computer. It's a laptop stand. If anyone listens to Behind the Bastards podcast, I need throwing (laughs) bagels right now. (laughs) I've never listened to that, but I can imagine throwing a bagel at someone would be very satisfying. No, he just throws a bag of bagels at the wall sometimes to get his frustration out. Oh, okay. I can imagine you could throw a bagel at someone as hard as you could, and it might hurt a little bit, like especially if you hit them in the eye or something, but like you're not going to hurt them severely, like if you throw a hammer at them or something. So yeah, like a throwing bagel makes sense. Matt's diving into the world of treadmills now. Oh, I got to speak with a consultant to figure out how much that one cost. I mean, it's it's just because they're. I looked up commercial treadmills, so it's like call us, like speak with us to find the right things for your you know gym needs, and it's like no. yeah. So this one just has it has different modes where you can train or you can just run. It's got paddles on it where you can change the intensity yourself. Without wow, without like pushing buttons, like oh, reaching wow. forward and pushing buttons and falling off your treadmill. Like I, I think it's kind of cool. Just reading it, if you're a cyclist, you think, wow, five thousand dollars for a fucking treadmill. But I think if you're a runner and you look at that and you have priced other treadmills, I don't think it sounds out of question. All right, what else we got? Because I'm, I'm. We want to pay the wolf tooth tax. Cha ching, cha ching. Wolftooth Remote Pro Dropper Lever now comes in colors. There you go. That's the news. It was just black and silver. Now you can get purple, silver, espresso, blue, gold, olive, orange, red, and black. Well, there you go. Yep. It's a nice lever. I mean, we've always liked those. Though I did stab my thigh one time on the little pointy part at the bottom. Yeah, it's fine. It's a lot of thigh to stab. (laughs) Yeah, it is. All right. We want to talk about this fork. No, but we've we've come full circle. So first we had gravel bikes, then we had suspension forks for gravel bikes. Now Whiskey Parts makes a suspension corrected carbon fork for your gravel bike. So if you decided the suspension sucks <laughs> on a gravel bike <laughs> and you want to take it off, you can do that. Yep, and. Uh, Furthering our theory that gravel bikes are just shitty mountain bikes, this one can hold a 29 by 2.3 inch tire. So there you go. Flat mount brakes. That's pretty standard. 12 by 100 through axles. Rated for ASTM Condition 3, which I forgot what that one is. I think it's off-road use with... Matt's going to Google it real quick. I think it's like all off-road riding except Red Bull Hardline. So condition one is regular paved surfaces where the tires are intended to main ground contact. Two is operation of a bicycle includes cash or condition one, as well as unpaved and gravel roads and trails with moderate grades. Contact with a irregular terrain and loss of tire contact may occur. Drops are intended to be 15 centimeters, six inches or less. Three is operating a bicycle that includes one and two as well as rough trails and jumps up to 24 inches. And then four would be 48-inch jumps, rough trails at speeds less than 40 kilometers per hour or 25 miles per hour. And then five is... Red Bull Hardline. Yeah. So there you go. We've circled back on gravel bike forks. Matt, you got... Anything else you want me to keep going on what I've got? I mean, are we going to talk about these leak photos? Yeah, we can talk about those. 
Kenny, did you see the photos that the new generation of SRAM Red was leaked? I roll my eyes whenever I see a leak. leak which, and they're like full press photos, so I... Mm. <laughs> These don't look like full press photos, and there is some discussion of whether or not they're AI-generated photos. But here's the thing. If you're a big company like Bike Rumor and you get legitimate stuff, you got to ask for permission before you post it. So they've obviously talked to someone. They didn't just find these and post it. They obviously well, they did, but it was a long time. There was, yeah. They were on the random internet before they were on any mainstream stuff. Yeah. Almost like they had to yeah, get approval. But we answer to no one. There are no gods. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. I count 19 gears in the rear. <laughs> and uh, it's got a flat bottom chain and uh, four piston brakes. I mean, if we can just say whatever. It doesn't have four piston brakes in the photos. It doesn't have a flat bottom chain either. But it doesn't have 19 gears. I'm just making shit up. They do speculate that there's a cover on the brake lever that they say is maybe for a reach adjust. I think that's the dumbest theory I've ever heard in my life. Because if that was just a little rubber plug that went in the front of a fucking brake lever, that would get lost before the fucking brakes, the shifters were installed on the bike. Like, that's just a dumb... I know they had to speculate, but that's that's just dumb. I'm not saying I know what it is. I'm just saying it's not that. Yeah, I mean, DI2 blank ports fall out of frames. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, can we talk about DI2 blank ports for a minute? Yeah, sure. So we had a spice grinder, and <laughs> the spice grinder had a little cavity inside that would hold water. Like between like. the motor and the bottom of the bowl for the spices where they're ground up, there was a... An open area. Why do you, well, why no, do you have why do you have water in your spice grinder? You have to wash it after you use it. Yeah, you you can't grind up like I don't know adobo peppers one day and then like cinnamon the next. Oh, I was like, thinking more of like a you know tabletop like pepper grinder that's got like the no, stuff this in is, it. And I'm like, well, what are you no, what like are you a, doing? You could like grind coffee beans with no, that. I think it's like actually a, like a coffee grinder. Yeah, it's an electric burr grinder. No, it's not, not a burr grinder. It's a, it's a blade grinder. Blade grinder. But, and it had a little cavity. Where if you pop the bottom off, there was a false floor that holds the little spice bowl, but there was no drain port. So anything that happened to get around the little spice bowl, it would get trapped in there. And So you could shake the spice grinder and you could hear water in there. Yeah, you could like hear that there was liquid trapped inside. So I drilled a hole in it and just very carefully with my very nice Harbor Freight drill bits, I kept going little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, until a DI2 grommet that I happened to have in my spare parts bin would barely snap in there. And uh, now there's a drain port on our spice grinder. So there you got it. Little hack. You can pick those up on the internet pretty easily. You can drill holes and shit and plug them back up. By the way, these are 100%, at least this one is 100% a press photo. It's like a SRAM press photo. It's the how SRAM does pictures. There's like a cinder block in the background and the derailleur is hanging in space. <laughs> that is very on brand for SRAM. But they're dog shit photos, so. Yeah. Well, someone obviously like took a picture of a picture or something, but that was at one point a professional picture that definitely looks to be SRAM. That's just how the SRAM press photos look. They have like some yeah. 
one background's like a bunch of sticks and the next time the background's a bunch of rocks and then the next time the background's a bunch of water. Hmm. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Is that all about our leaked photos? I'm done. All right. I want to talk about these. Kenny, you used to run Hope Breaks, didn't you? I did run Hope Breaks, yep. Yeah, so they have upgraded their XCR brakes, which is their like their lightest weight option. You can now do four piston. Uh, they have multiple colors. And they also have a new downhill hub, which I don't really care about, but you know, maybe you're into that kind of thing. The Pro 5. I remember getting... Are they only for DH? First... I thought Pro 5 was for everything. Uh, this is the Pro 5 DH hub. Hmm. And it is like DH spacing. Oh, well, I think there's Pro 5 and then maybe Pro 5 DH. I don't know. This is a Pro 5 DH hub that is new. Hmm. I don't care that much about downhill stuff, so I didn't read into it that much. But it sounds like in this article it is only the downhill hub uh, that's got a new axle, steel free hub body, and hardened steel pawls hitting 54 ratchets. I think this is a situation of all Pro 5 DHs are Pro 5s, but not all Pro 5s are Pro 5 DHs. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the brakes look cool. I remember my first... Well, I think I've had one set of Hope brakes before. They weren't bad. I just... Yeah, but you were comparing them against... Elixirs. Yeah, elixirs. Yeah. Oh, I've I've got a gripe. It's uh, What's your gripe? it's incredibly picky, and maybe you can tell me I'm wrong or there's something that I'm not seeing. Transmission from SRAM. Okay. The XXSL derailleur doesn't say XXSL on it, but everything else does. That's SL, and that's really weird. I honestly have not looked at it closely enough to tell you that you're wrong well, or not. Well, I noticed this because I truly had like a derailleur in my hand the other day. And I knew that the carbon cage means it's an SL, but I was looking at the crank and other stuff, and they all say SL on them, and the derailleur doesn't. It's really weird. It clearly just says XX. Yeah, I think you're just supposed to know based on the cage. Well, how does does everybody know that you spent the extra money? (laughs) It should say SL on it. Everything else is correct. XX, GX, XO, it all says right on there. Just weird. I don't know. All right, I got one more... You know, I don't really care about this, but it does bring up a point that I want to tell the cyclists just because I've been way into this lately or anytime there's foul weather. Uh, Muckoff is now making some knuckle protecting gloves. They're also making some winter gloves and those are DWR treated for water resistance. I know a lot of cyclists out there are not really into like I mean, you're in a technical gear because you're a cyclist, but like as far as clothing goes, when something is DWR treated, you have to retreat it every now and then. You have to make sure that all of your detergent, like your laundry detergent, is washed out of it, which may need, mean you need to run like an extra rinse cycle or use like a technical fabric wash of some sort. But you do need to retreat DWR stuff because that stuff does the it's, DWR stands for durable water repellent. I use Nick Wax. They have a spray on and a wash in with its own special instructions about how to do that. So if you do get any stuff that is treated with that initially, you do have to retreat it every now and then. Don't call up the company and be like, my gloves absorb water now. And it's good for like road spray, light sprinkles, a little bit of snow. If you're in a downpour, that shit's going to wet out. 
It, that's just how it is. It's not waterproof. Waterproof stuff is hot and clammy. And, you know, you don't really want to use waterproof unless you really need it. So. Jesus. What? Just the way you said that. was. I just It's because I've been writing a, a review about waterproof stuff for Year Junkie. And uh, I've talked a lot about waterproofing lately in writing. So it's on my mind. What else you got? Oh, can we talk about those gloves? You don't have to pull it back up. They're also releasing gloves with knuckle protection. I'm like, cool, so motorcycle gloves. Uh, well, it's not like the plastic like in motorcycle gloves. It's that padding that is relatively soft until it's impacted and then it hard it stiffens. Oh, you don't think the motorcycle industry's used that yet? I don't know. I know the one pair of motorcycle gloves I had were just fucking plastic knuckle gloves. Well, they were cheap. Like, yeah, that's true. Kenny, you got anything? Um, We talked about the 1UP V3 dropper on last episode, See. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And right. we got our shipment in today of those. How are they looking? They're pretty cool. The 90 millimeter one is super cute. It is super, <laughs> it is super short. You could put it on any bike. It looks hysterical. Like it, it's just kind of unlike any dropper that you've ever seen. But yeah, overall they Should seem, I... they seem really nice. I changed the travel on one already. It's pretty easy. I think it's just like the old one. What else? Is it just like unscrew the collar and snap a little shim or something <clears> in there? Yeah, you unscrew the collar. Essentially, there's a little bit of an order you got to do it in, but essentially you undo the collar to the point where you can take the little, it's like a bushing or a top out thing. I'm not really sure. kind of looks like a Delrin. It's a white Delrin piece. So you pull that yeah, up and then yeah, you, I remember that. and then you pop the little brass things in there. You either do one set all the way around or two sets on top of each other all the way around and reduce it by 10 or 20 mil. But they seem pretty nice. Initial thoughts seem cool. They are definitely uh, light, and they make them super compact. They have super-duper long ones, uh, whatever. So pretty cool stuff. I did pick one up. I was trying to get a little bit more travel on my bike. My Kinevo SL is really strange. The seat tube is ultra short on it, so you don't have much of an option. I've got a 150 Exusion on it right now, and it's pretty much all the way down in the frame. And to give you an idea, I was able to fit a 180 on God damn. on my Levo SL without a problem. So the fact that I'm limited to 150 on a longer travel bike is kind of a bummer. And it looks like overall lengthwise, I can fit the 180 in there, shimmed down to 160. I don't think I can get away with 170. We'll have to see. And once I install it on the bike and use it a little bit, I'll you're, you're an adult. give another impression. Buy one of those down. Get yourself like 158 travel or 168 travel or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they're real and they seem cool. All right. This is a slightly interesting article from Bicycle Retailer. There's. Well, do we have listener questions? Yeah, we do. All right. Let's dive into those next. All right. Uh, this uh, is a there's a, la a place called 9T Labs out of Switzerland. Uh, they make parts right now for Swiss-made luxury watches, and they have uh, what it says in the article, active development projects with three major bike brands. And it sounds like they are doing like a fusion fiber carbon thing, like the, uh, right now we have wheels. Is that the same as the Revel stuff? Well, Revel licenses that from Triple C, CCC composites out of Rifle or Gunnison, Utah. 
So they launched their own wheel brand. Uh, Chris King and Revel licensed that. But yeah, Revel was the first to market. With yeah, their so technology. this is another. Basically, do you think it it's the like same a, thing or similar or not the same at it all? It sounds. It sounds like so the fusion fiber thing. They say it's recyclable because you can basically put the parts. If you have a broken rim, you can put it through a carbon chipper and make it into something smaller. It sounds like they are making these smaller parts out of. It doesn't say out of recycled materials, but it sounds like they are making small parts in the same way that they say you can chip up a fusion fiber rim and make small parts. So that's interesting. They said applications for, it te- for the technology include suspension rocker arms, derailleur cages, brake levers, and crank arms. I'm open to it. Yeah, that's kind of all the industry news we got. And we do have listener questions. All right, go. Uh, so we've got a form entry. This is from John. He says, I heard you mention in a recent podcast that you should always buy a 30.9 dropper post and use a shim. Is that true? I just purchased a new bike. I have a one-up V2 dropper that is 30.9 in my old bike with 160 millimeters of drop adjusted to more. My new bike has a 150 race face turbine R dropper that is 31.6. Can I use the one-up in the new bike with a shim? The new bike is a 23 Revel Rascal. Hell yeah, you can. Matt, see what happens when you say things on the internet. <laughs> People get great ideas to use their nicer dropper oh post. Oh my with gosh. A $12 shim. Look, when that race face turbine R shits the bed. No. Which it will. No, no, no. Sell it on eBay right now while it still works. <laughs> yeah, the one up is probably a better post to run but you can use a shim in that matt was being somewhat facetious with that statement the fuck i was i was serious as hell (laughs) i'll shim anything (laughs) my my epic has a my epic doesn't have a shim because i'm running the stock seat post that came in it my because the post that i put in my spark was a 31.6 and that's 30.9 so i can't reuse that seat post that's awesome and it's just sitting on a bench waiting to be installed on your bike because i have no use for it so the evo the or the uh, the stumpy evo it's got a shim because that's 34.9 and i don't want my bike to weigh five million pounds by running a seat post with the same diameter as my thigh in it so yeah it's got a (laughs) 31.6, I think. It, it came out of one of Troy's bikes. It's like a Trans-X post, but he was like, you want this? And I was like, sure. And it works great. I have no problem shimming things. I'll shim anything. I'll run a tie 27.2 seat post in a frame with a shim. I, I ain't scared. I ain't scared. All right. <laughs> so, yes, John, you can shim your old post to fit in your new bike. Are Jensen you USA are you ready for has, oh, oh go ahead. Jensen USA has that shim in stock for ten dollars. But get you a, you might want to check with your frame manufacturer because if you're a company like Kona and the frame cracks, you will deny the warranty. You just don't tell them what size seat post. Yeah, yeah, like or just don't don't tell them that you used a shim. You're an adult, and if you want to get real fancy with it, you have to play with your calipers and or you know your fingernail. But you put the shim in the frame without the seat post collar on there. You make sure that the shim lip isn't larger in diameter than your frame. If so, you carefully sand it down to where your shim is smaller in diameter than the outside diameter of your frame. And then you can put your seat post collar on top of your shim and no one will ever notice it. So you install the seat post 
shim first and then the collar and then the post. You just have to be really careful with those 30.9 to 31.6 shims because they are paper thin. So just They're treat basically it. like an aluminum can wrapped around your seat post. But it don't use a beer can. You'll fuck your shit up. <laughs> Close your eyes while you're driving and imagine using a beer can in your seat post. On a $2,800 frame. <laughs> if you have a $2,800 bike and you can't afford a $10 shim, call me. I'll give you some, like, Dave Ramsey tough love. <laughs> Are you ready Don't for call. a tangent? Yes. Yeah. All right. So NASA's got this asteroid box thing that they that they landed in Utah. Uh, they, wait, wait, what? Wait, what? What the? You, yeah. Well, you no, have to this, remember, this we don't have a television. Don't, we don't watch the news. Off. Well, so NASA, uh, someone landed a thingy on an asteroid, which is pretty cool. And then it, like, dug out some asteroid bits and put it in its belly and then flew that bitch back to uh back to earth and it landed in utah a couple months ago i think and uh they couldn't open it because a bunch of the screws were uh, screws were stripped out these motherfuckers with 18 gajillion dollars put in 35 (laughs) phillips head motherfucking screws and they stripped out and and people are surprised i just launched that fucker into space landed it on an asteroid and then got it back through the atmosphere which is a pretty fucking big deal and they They expected that motherfucker to travel 34 million miles Uh, oh no it can be between 34 and 250 million miles between here dude i wouldn't trust That's mars that's not an asteroid i thought you said it went to mars asteroid regardless someone (laughs) made a design decision to put Phillips head screws in the thing that they knew they're gonna have to take apart in this super duper special awesome chamber that's you know ultra sterile and all kinds of things so they don't want to open it with an angle grinder (laughs) and guess what they had to do they had to put an angle grinder in that bitch and uh and undo the screw it was a little bit more advanced (laughs) than that but anyway i just want to point out (laughs) dude did they get those screws from magura like uh they used in 2024, and this thing was probably designed a few years prior. They put fucking Phillips head screws into space on a thing that they're going to have to delicately take apart. Not even Torx. I Not mean, even T25. just I <laughs> am so mind blown. Uh, and I really hope the person that was in charge of that design decision is at least 80 years old, because if not, that <laughs> is unacceptable. They totally should have used flathead. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, I guess if they're over 100, then it would have been flatheads. But Phillips what head about, screw. I, I'm going to go a different way. There's some dude named Philip that made that design decision. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I like, when I saw the picture, because I've been hearing about them having trouble for a while opening this thing. Like, it's been weeks that they haven't been able to get it open. And I finally looked at a picture of it, and there's, like, <laughs> two, two lopped off screws of these 35 in a circle. And they're... <laughs> <laughs> clearly Phillips head screws. Uh, anyway, that's it. That's my extreme tangent, but it is slightly relevant to the bicycle world where also Phillips head screws do not belong. <laughs> I'm trying to find a good picture of it. Uh, go to... Yeah, most of the pictures are just the, the, the jal- black... Uh, Jalopnik article. You should pull it up now and laugh with me. I'm trying. Gizmodo? 
uh it's it's spelled jalopnik <laughs> i'm dude i i googled that and it's Here. not coming up i'll put it in Giz- gizmodo is coming I'll up i'll put as... it uh, i'm going to put it in the thingy it's in the uh it's in the old chat there you go dude i don't google is getting worse it is actually getting worse 100% and i hope this is a life lesson for a lot of people they had to make this super duper special jig looking thing because some asshole used a phillips head screw I'm not really seeing that. I mean, there's definitely a person with... Do you see the jig in the first picture? Yeah. Okay, so they had to build this crazy jig. Scroll down to the almost last picture and look at all those Phillips head screws. The second to last picture. And you're going to see 30... Oh, my God. (laughs) And they're all stripped out looking? Jesus. Dude, that looks like worse than the shit that comes with Ikea. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, here's the worst part. They've got hex screws down there in the center. Like I they know. Knew, There's so many they knew things. about them. Uh, I just, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. What? Uh, you know what? I'm angry now. See? I need my throwing bagels. I know. It's just so <laughs> wild. What other listener questions we got? We got from Tom. He says, I'm counting two different fuck off Tom statements on JRA today. Nice. Seems like I'm getting the effect I wanted. Tie spokes stretch in a bouncy way when riding the wheel feels flexy and out of tension. Maybe if they are made really fat. Back in the day, I concluded that there were things to make from tie and things to definitely not make from tie. Makes a great frame. Strong but flexy handlebar. Spokes? No. Forks? Hell no. Hardware? Does it need to be at high tension like a seat post bolt? No. Absolutely not. It stretches into tightness, then forms a stress riser where the threads stop engaging. Back in the 90s, all kinds of shit was being made from tie. Then came scandium. I don't, I don't know that word. Arnett? Armet? I don't know. We'll it was do some... a time of learning for consumers who are capable of such. Well, I think that's why Kenny was saying like tie, the tie spokes couldn't be just a normal spoke size. They would have to be much fatter than a standard spoke. Yes. Armet alloy is an ultra-high-strength type of maternistic alloy steel. I don't know. That that sounds scary. Okay. What else we got? From Brady. He says, just listened to the newest episode and wanted to say thanks for the dog PSA. I've worked in recreation slash, slash forest protection officer, a.k.a. park ranger, with U.S. Forest Service for almost 20 years, and dogs off-leash in developed areas is the bane of my existence. Question for you all. What bearing press slash tools would you recommend for a DIYer? We need to replace the pivot bearings on Mindy's old bike, 2016 Trek Top Fuel 8, before passing it on to someone else. Also, where do you all go to buy bearings? Thanks, and I hope you get your cat before the quota is filled. Me too, and I have a story about cats. I mean, I would definitely buy the $340 Abbey Tools one. (laughs) Or, 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 hear me out, hear me out, Amazon's pulling up bicycle bearing drift set for $44. And uh, looking at it, this looks like someone bought a wheels manufacturing set, sent it to Alibaba, and then they made it blue instead of red, and now they're $44. I would buy this one. Yeah, and the thing about buying something like this that's, a cheap knockoff of something that's pretty nice. If you're going to use it to replace a set of bearings a year, 
it's like a Harbor Freight tool. You're going to use it like once a year, twice a year. Totally cool. If you're going to use that fucker every day, get the nice one. Or, you know, once or twice a week, get the nicer one. And I'm going to go as far as to say you might find that it, no bearing press is going to fit into every little spot. But having those drifts where you could use a you know nice bolt from the hardware store with that drift it, to get into some tight spot, like this is really the way to go. Yeah, I mean, you might find one that's, I don't know, a tiny bit out of round that, that doesn't fit perfectly in the bearing. You might have to take a little sandpaper... It's got a picture of someone doing a, a caged ball bearing with a pictures <laughs> of the bearing press. Yeah, it does. Ooh, let me see it. I want to see it. Hold on. Let me send you a link. Well, here, yeah, I'm they're sure picking I can, a caged ball bearing uh, out of a see. bicycle hub. Bike bearing uh, is the $47.99, uh, It's going to be. It's $43.99. You have a link now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you might find a drift or two that's not perfect. You might have to turn it a little bit on some sandpaper or something. Oh, it's, it comes in a Glock case. <laughs> oh, it does. Sick. Well, so does everything. So do park tools. <laughs> it's very it's very <laughs> weird. But yeah, you have to wear rubber gloves that are way too big and remove your caged ball bearings with a screwdriver to show off your bearing press. Um, just just FYI. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty weird. Well, somebody was just like, we need a picture of bicycle bearings. And they were like, okay, here you go. (laughs) Uh, That's pretty funny. Where do we source bearings? Everywhere. Yeah, QBP, I mean, at least they used to anyway. They can get just plain Enduro bearings. Those are normally really good. I don't remember if Trek has any proprietary. They do. There's a few that are weird. Yeah, so you might have to get one from like your local trek shop and trek has really good documentation for dealers so you should be able to just call up but you can find that stuff so like if you were looking for like 2016 fuel ex top fuel uh 2016 top fuel exploded bearing view we're just now a googling thing show and then when it's searching for stuff like this i always throw in dot pdf and sure enough, one of the first things that comes up is 2016 Top Fuel All. And it gives you every part number for every bearing, every pivot spacer, everything that you could need for that bike. So, there you go. Yeah, so if there's a weird one that you can't just get as a standard enduro bearing, um, you can get it from a trick dealer. They may have to order it. But um, did we want to go back to this question that we didn't finish two episodes ago? I think based on where we are in recording, not tonight. All right. I don't. Okay, I'm going to say it. I'm pretty tired, okay? <laughs> I, if we're still going to talk about what we've been doing, and then we're going to talk about patrons. Oh, yeah, let's just talk about what we've been doing. Kenny, you, you want to go first? You want me to tell my story first since it's kind of my whole week? Sure. I've been mountain lion hunting. Haven't made any meat bread or anything cool lately. Been out hunting. Hasn't been too eventful, except yesterday. It was eventful, and I didn't know about it until later. I hiked in to this big creek drainage, hiked up like five miles, came back down. It had snowed a little too much to find tracks up there, so kind of ha- walked around. It was really cool up there. I heard snow make a whomp noise for the first time, which is extraordinarily unsettling. 
luckily I was in relatively shallow snow. It was like thigh deep and it was in a pretty isolated area. So I, I don't think I was in danger of like a real avalanche or anything. But I basically broke through the top crust of this snow and sunk in. And as that happened, the snow just made this really awful noise. And uh, yeah, I never want to hear that again. And uh, on the way back, I'm kind of passing through this old trailhead. It's now closed to motor vehicles because it flooded. And I see this lion track. I'm like, what the fuck? How did I miss that this morning? And I kind of like poked at it because if it's an older, like an overnight kind of track, it's going to be frozen. If it's really fresh, it's going to be soft. And it was frozen. I'm like, wow, that must have happened last night and I just missed it. And I start walking out down this road, gravel road, like double track, and the lion track is on the road. And I definitely would have seen it on the way in. And I look at my footprints from earlier and they are also frozen because it's gotten cold. And I realize, after looking around for about half an hour, this lion had followed me for about a mile. And it had two kittens with it, which is, I think I've talked about this before, escorting, which is where they just kind of follow you, see what you're doing in their area. They're being a little bit protective. And uh, once you leave, they just go off into the woods. And that's basically what it did. So that was uh, exciting. But just kind of another kind of confirmation that lions don't really want to fuck with humans because it definitely could have. But yeah, I mean, it's probably not the first time that's honestly like it's not the first time a mountain lion has followed me in the woods. It definitely won't be the last. So a little unsettling, but not that big of a deal. But that was, that's my most interesting thing of the week. What about you guys? Uh, Matt, anything cool? Oh, I was going to let you go next. My, oh. I'm stretching my back. It kind of hurts. So I wasn't near gotcha. my microphone. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. He's like, he's like head down on his chair and, right now. And like Andrea didn't take note. And instead of saying you guys, be like, what have you been doing, Kenny? And like obviously cue you up. Because I'm sitting here listening and just patiently waiting my turn. <laughs> Nothing super exciting for me. No moto last week, but I did ride my fat bike. I went to Park City, a place called Round Valley. It's a pretty popular fat bike place, I think. But it's the first time I've been there. And it was okay. I was exploring, so like I took a lot of wrong turns. And there's just like a lot of people. The thing to do there is to be on I don't know all my ski stuff but some type of cross country style skis and have your dog with you that's like mandatory and they should definitely be off leash and there were probably a hundred people with that same exact MO every single person had a dog it was a requirement apparently did you run over any fresh dog shit there was a decent amount of dog shit I mean I think most people cleaned up but yeah I saw a couple a couple of them it wasn't a huge problem. I was just surprised how many people had dogs. Like it was pretty wild. So I might go back and try to do a little bit more of the single track. There's kind of a big outer loop that's like more of a highway. It's a little bit wider. And it's all groomed. Yeah, I was going to say, is this, it sounds like a groomed area. Yeah, there's like a groomed outer section. And then the intersection, I believe, has more single track stuff. I'm, I'm not positive. So I'll go back and try it out. But it was cool. Uh, yeah, it was E-fat biking. Pretty pretty neat stuff. I think that's it for me as far as news. All right. I didn't really do anything this week until yesterday when I bought a new bike. Another one. Another one. Uh, yeah, so I kind of regretted selling my Argon, and I just 
shot my buddy at the local shop. Hey, do you have anything that's a deal? And they had a bike that was a deal. So I picked up a used 2019 Stigmata for not many American currencies. It's the CC frame with an absolute garbage, hot trash build on it. So, I mean, it's got a cable for the shifter. And it only goes to 11. Heavens so. no. The wheels are made out of this weird metal stuff. In all seriousness, like, I mean, it's just a stock base build. Um, very low mileage, but I gave it a good bit of love today and got it up to my standard. And then swapped over a bunch of my parts, like cockpit stuff. Um, I don't have any drivetrain or anything like that for it, but I don't know. I'll sort that out in the future. It's just rival one by with a... Easton crank, so no power meter, no gods, no rules, no nothing. <laughs> That's my whole week. All right. That's it. We actually going to wrap it up a little early tonight? Yeah, because I'm losing a race with that edible. <laughs> All right, let me go through patrons real quick. So we've got a new patron, Daniel. Thanks. He joined at $5 a month. And then going to our $10 a month patrons, we've got Zozo, Zach, Will, Tom, Todd, Ty, Tennessee Zach, T. Baggin, Taper Bore Pro, Sam, Ryan, Richard Cheese, Ramo, Parker, Noah, Nick, My Pal Dal, MTB Shenanigans, Lloyd Christmas, Leland, Kenny Sucks, Ken, Josh, Josh, Jeff, JC, Jake D, Haywood Jablomi, Green Giant, Gordon, G Man, Frank the Tank, F That Guy Mark, Ezra, Evan, Eric, Dan, Cam Irish One, Billy Single Speed, Bill, Bo, Bray McCockinner, Barrel of Dicks, Baggins, Ass Pennies, Alec, AJ, Aaron, Esker Cycles at 1169, Lead Out Sports, and Josh from the Intesa at 14 Australian, Dean at 1650 Australian, $20 a month. We've got Scott, Pooprinch, Joe, Brady, Anthony, Harley at 30, Troy at 31, and Six Pack Outdoors at 50. Those are your patrons at $10 a month or more. That's all we got. We, all right. We can shut it down. Let's shut it down. Thank you all for listening and good night. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along Show. There's some shit coming out of your pants. <laughs>